0: Cause I'm gonna make this place
1: your home.
0: Good. Saturday morning Hamilton. It's Rob Golfie here with REMAX Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin.
1: Yeah, another great uh, Saturday morning. Uh, thanks for joining us here with Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Another special guest in studio as well, Phil Kutza, the of uh, Centennial Law Group Hamilton. He specializes in real estate, business law, and estate planning. Uh, today's uh, premier topic, uh, what every older Canadian should know about power of attorney. We'll get into a lot of the uh, estate planning stuff in there. We also have uh, some stories as well that we will uh, share, um, including seniors going broke for their kids. It's happening and happening at an alarming rate in many cases. Uh, if you have a question for Rob, you can email your question to questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. We'll answer it on a future show. Visit Rob online at robgolfie.com. Call him at 905-575-7700. And all over social media At Rob Golfy on Twitter and Instagram Check out the Rob Golfy Facebook page as well How are you guys? Great Good It's a beautiful weekend um, And uh, the federal government is not necessarily taking this weekend but at least taking the next little while to study an important topic and they're going to be conducting an in-depth examination of Canada's real estate markets to determine if more changes are needed to rein in escalating prices or curb the impact of foreign investment on housing affordability. I'll just read a quick quote from Finance Minister Bill Morneau who said on Wednesday, our ongoing goal is to ensure that we understand the market in all of its complexity, that we consider all the evidence to determine what measures are necessary in an ongoing basis to ensure that canadians have the ability to buy homes and basically rob what they want to do is is gather stats real hard evidence to what we all think uh, is going to show that foreign investors are really driving up prices in places like toronto and vancouver and we've talked about this on past shows too
0: yes yes i mean they're going to find out what they already know anyway um it's just like uh, like Vancouver. Uh, the the Chinese um, uh, people are are actually competing against each other now. It's like it's like uh, it's getting crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, they um, they're they're comp- the, the average Canadian can't even compete with them because mm. they're coming here with billions of dollars, and uh, so now you've got buildings going up in uh, in Vancouver, and uh, and it, and it basically it's all Chinese people, yeah. and because all this money that's coming from uh, from their country. So they're competing against each other. So it's out of reach for any Canadian to even compete, to even buy a condo in that that building. So, and, um, I mean, Canada is probably one of the uh, countries in the world that is known for, uh, you know, we didn't, uh, the last economic recession that we went through, we actually... Did pretty good compared to the rest of the yeah. world, oh, especially so, the states. Yeah, yeah, especially the states. So now we're we're known as a, a place to put money, mm-hmm. and so now we're getting all this foreign investment coming in, and it's and it's driving the prices up. And and not only that, with the shortage of homes, I mean, the, the government they're going to do this study. I mean, I don't know what they can do. They're just going to are just going to verify what uh, what what we what know we already. already. Know. Yeah. That's all.
1: I guess what we have now is anecdotal evidence, and they just want that hard kind of black and white evidence on paper. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, all right, let's switch to today's uh, topic. What every older Canadian should know about power of attorney. Uh, attorney, rather. Let's start uh, with uh, question number one. What are the advantages and what are the risks of having a power of attorney? Maybe, maybe we'll start with what is a power of attorney. Some people might not know what that is.
2: Uh, good morning everybody. It's Philip Kutze here. Uh, power of attorney is a generic <laughs> document that affords the ability of one person to elect another uh, in matters dealing with their own personal effects real property, uh, personal property as well as personal care. hmm uh, I believe most synonymous with our show uh, this morning is to discuss things as they relate to uh, to personal and real property. Right, and the effect of that document is to give somebody the effective control to make those decisions on your behalf uh, when you're either absent or uh, suffering an incapacity.
1: Okay, so let's go to those advantages and risks. What what's good about having a power of attorney, and what are some of the risks there?
2: Yeah, so the the benefits of having a power of attorney is that while you do have the capacity to make those elections, uh, you can designate uh, one person or a group of people mm-hmm. uh, to act on your behalf and in certain instances uh, prior to your capacity being compromised with the older generations and with uh, health concerns. That capacity, if it's not available, a lawyer cannot act in drafting that appointment uh, because of the conflict that's, that exists. Now, in the event that there is not a power of attorney available, the public guardian would have to be elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, the public guardian would then charge a cost for that management uh, in order to affect those separate transactions. In this particular instance, let's use the sale of a home. Uh, its timing would not be as necessarily as expeditious as we'd all hope. Yeah.
1: And uh, do most people have power of attorney?
2: Yeah, so I'd like to say on a generic basis, most people don't have one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of the uh, numbers of people that I meet on an ongoing basis, we do always make an introduction to their estate planning, yeah. and I would believe that it's relatively consistent that many people, if not the, the majority mm-hmm. of those that I encounter, do not have the proper estate planning initiatives in place. Uh,
1: f- more often than not, is it because they don't think they need one, or, or they don't see the benefits?
2: I don't think that it's necessarily about the benefits. Hmm. I, d- I I really do truly believe that uh, nobody wants to really plan for their death as of as that <laughs> may sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so it's you're, true. You're staring death in the eyes, and you're making those decisions on the disposition of your estate assets yeah. uh, in the event of your death. You know, my job uh, in in providing estate planning advice is to take life almost pessimistically to think, what if something were to happen tomorrow? Right, right. And you have to take those those considerations in mind because it could very well happen. Now, estate planning can be changed as long as the capacity is compromised as right. situations uh, change in your lives and relationships do uh, either come in or, or leave for whatever for various reasons. Right. Uh, those initiatives can be can be amended. Can
1: you get or have a power of attorney uh, even though you don't have a will?
2: Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you can. Uh, it, would, it would... I wouldn't say uh, it would be foolish, but it kind of comes as the package. Yeah, so to right. have your power of attorney, not only for property, but also for personal care mm-hmm. and your estate planning initiatives in the form of a, w- of a last will and testament prepared is, is kind of the generic package deal. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's not too encompassing uh, to wrap everything into one meeting, you know, as long as all those decisions have been made prior to. Mm-hmm. Rob, do you deal with powers of attorney yes, often?
0: absolutely. Okay. Um, a lot of times, uh, sometimes uh, uh, one spouse or, or a partner uh, is um, uh, away Um, sometimes we'll have uh, one person sign a power, they'll give the power of attorney to another person so that we can deal with a contract uh, if an offer comes in on a house Mm. or uh, even if to to close a deal um, you know, to to make sure that everything runs smoothly because sometimes uh, um, and and Phil will be able to uh, explain it, sometimes if we have a member that lives in a different country uh, to close a deal it might be difficult you know, using, sending paperwork there because you have to have an attorney there, but it has to be, Phil you can explain how sometimes it's difficult to have a, a person in a different country,
2: you need a power of attorney to close a deal, is that correct? Yeah, so it's in all different instances, so let alone closing a transaction, but also accessing you know, banking uh, to deal with your day-to-day mm-hmm. uh, matters, a person that's living out of a jurisdiction that's convenient for, for travel. Could potentially pose a risk in completing certain things on your behalf, and that's effectively what the power of attorney is trying to achieve. Yeah. Now, to speak to Rob's point about a real estate transaction, um, you know, our documentation cannot be sent over to a foreign country for certification by a lawyer that does not have the licensing in place to practice law in the province right. of Ontario. Some things that we have done to leverage against that, if it was necessary, is to use. Um, N- new forms of communication, online cameras and whatnot. Skype, so for Skype instance. for, for right. instance. Uh, as long as that person is sitting before a commissioner for taking oaths uh, mm. to sign the declarations, we can, vis-a-vis Skype, Right, uh, affect that, but you know, preferably, ov- obviously, in person
1: is yeah. is ideal. Uh, these sorts of uh, discussions can, um, I would assume, get really convoluted. Given, especially when you're going, you know, overseas or to to, to other countries, uh, and I wouldn't necessarily feel confident as um, a consumer going to an independent real estate agent as opposed to you guys, who have a lot of history and a lot of experience in town as well. You've dealt with a lot of these situations.
0: they're, they're like. Repeat that again.
1: Well, in terms of, I mean, you guys have experience. You have, you know, a great team at yeah. Rob Golfy, uh, the Rob Golfy team. Going to an independent real estate agent, they might not have the experience in this sort of field.
0: Oh, that's right. right. Like, you know, with us, like we've got partners. Like, uh, like um, Centennial Law is is our partner mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to any anything legal. We, we we refer a lot of our clients to them because we know the reputation they have. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's a great reputation. So we want to make sure we're connected to that. Um, you're right. An independent person may not have uh, the circle or the uh, or the uh, connections with other mm-hmm. lawyers that we would have. Um, and then, like, if we needed a power of attorney, I would call Phil. Say, Phil, I need I need a power of attorney. This person's leaving the country, yeah. and uh, we want to make sure everything runs smoothly. Uh, we know that because we have the experience with that, and we can you know pick up the phone and do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there are sometimes difficult situations where we miss it. Uh, Our agents will probably miss it. And then now we're scrambling, and that's where Phil will have to do a Skype yeah. um, closing or something like that. Mm-hmm.
1: If, um, if you need someone to step up as a power of attorney, I mean, you're trying to sell a house or, or you know uh, close a transaction, how long does that process take?
2: The process of drafting yeah. the actual document Yeah, and,
1: and finding someone who is going to, you know, uh, you know und- undertake this responsibility.
2: So I believe that, that the time sensitivities are always associated with the person who's electing the attorney to find right. the appropriate individual that they trust in order to execute those documents. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I find that that's the most time-sensitive issue. In terms of drafting the actual document itself, it, it doesn't take all that long. Right. Now, one thing that people do have to be cautious about, especially in acquisition transactions and and I've seen this quite consistently, is that the power of attorney scenario is not presented before their mortgage broker. The underwriting department has to validate and confirm that the documentation for the security in order to complete the purchase mm-hmm. can be done by way of power of attorney. Our office is instructed with un- with mortgage instructions, and that's not an underwriting condition that, that has been presented. It could delay the transaction as well. Right. Uh, these are the various uh, different factors that we take into consideration when we have our client initial intake meeting. Mm-hmm. And I ask all the relevant questions or what I hope to be the relevant questions in making a determination as to what provisions generally have to yeah. be accepted.
1: There's a lot of balls in the air. That's right. in, in these yeah. types of uh, situations This is the uh, Hamilton Real Estate Show On AM 900 CHML uh, Rob Golfie in studio with us, sales representative With Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team As well as uh, Phil Kutza of Centennial Law Group, Hamilton He specializes in real estate, business law And estate planning Our topic today, what every older Canadian should know About power of attorney um, Who makes a good power of attorney? I mean, you're, are you looking at a family member Or a lawyer? And who should you stay away from?
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't think that that there's a there's a general rule of thumb there.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, in terms of a lawyer acting as your power of attorney, there's uh, certain disclosure requirements that we have to uh, fill out to the Law Society of Upper Canada in our annual in our annual statements. Uh, P. I've seen elections as being family members. I've seen them as being as friends. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of leveraging against different possibilities that may exist for fraudulent conveyances. Uh, options that are available is to elect uh, two or more people jointly. Now, the difficulty with having more uh, than less is that all those people have to be available when necessary. I had one client in particular elect five individuals. Wow. The difficulty there was that five individuals, uh, A, weren't all available at the same time Mm -hmm. and lived in a span from London, Ontario to Kingston, Ontario. So obviously not very feasible in time sensitivities. Yeah. Uh, but really uh... it it's a matter of gut instinct as to who you feel you can trust now mm-hmm. that person has to act in your best interest failing which it's a fraudulent conveyance uh... any proceeds following the disposition of an asset at least from a real estate standpoint would never be directed to the attorney themselves so the following the proceeds themselves would be made payable to uh... the owner of the asset uh, also, prior to acting on the attorney, uh, there are certain requirements that have to be met to validate its its uh, enforceability. Mm-hmm. In the event of a capacity issue, where a deponent under that power of attorney doesn't have the capacity to make that decision, if they're in a care facility, we would confirm that with the facility right. themselves. So,
1: and uh, you know, appointing more than one person, you're you're not only going to have to you know find these particular people and gather them on the same day, but they might have differing opinions on how to proceed, right? Absolutely. yeah. yeah.
2: Now, in terms of leveraging against that, you can you can do the whole majority rule thing, or right. it has to be unanimous. Yeah. So, uh, those are also things that we would discuss. A lot of nightmare stories out there. Oh, I can
1: imagine. Maybe we'll get to some on the show today.
2: Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion, uh, what every older Canadian should know about power of attorney. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie Sales, representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them today at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. On social media, Twitter and Instagram, hit him up on at Rob Golfie and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Phil Kutza, also in studio from Centennial Law Group in Hamilton. He specializes in real estate, business law, and estate planning. We're talking about what every older Canadian should know about power of attorney. Let's get into, uh, I'm assuming, uh, some horror stories surrounding financial abuse of the elderly. Is it a huge and growing problem? We hear a lot of stories in the news about elderly abuse, senior abuse, Uh, this sort of thing.
0: Oh, Absolutely. Uh, A lot of times uh, I get the phone call when they're pretty well, especially from a senior, uh, they're pretty well exhausted all their funds. Uh, sometimes, uh, so there's two, two ways. Sometimes uh, their their son or daughter uh, has been borrowing money off their parent, right. uh, and uh, they just keep taking and taking and taking, and all of a sudden now, and, and everybody wants to help their kids out, right? It's, it's just part of the human nature that uh, that's in us. But sometimes Something the son or daughter may abuse that Mm -hmm. and uh, take advantage of that. Take advantage of it, and then all of a sudden they 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 give them all their savings. They remortgage the house, and they're making promises to their parents. And uh, now they've got a big mortgage, no money in the bank, and they're forced to put their house up for sale now. Mm -hmm. And now their son or daughter cannot be seen anywhere. So Mm -hmm. they used to visit them all the time because they wanted money. Now they can't be seen anywhere. So now they have to sell their place. And, uh, and, and, and they're in tears when I, when I deal with them. They're, uh, um, so you gotta be careful when you do, uh, give one of your uh, children uh, power um, like do you give you know if you got four children or two children do you give it to the one that lives closest to you mm-hmm. uh, but they may not be financially secure as the other one right uh, do you give the, the more financial secure one the power of attorney I mean usually parents have a good judgment on their kids but but I mean I, I see a lot of horror stories and yeah. and if, if, if you have a, a child that is always in need of money and always in help. I I probably would not give them any power of attorney. I would give more uh, the the child that probably is a little bit more secure because they're not going to have a tendency of dipping into the parents. Yeah. Uh, well, they're showing estate. a history
1: of responsibility,
0: right? Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I mean, and and there's so many stories out there, and, and I, I feel I feel bad for them, and but there's nothing we can do about it. They yeah. they obviously wanted to help their children out, know, thinking that they would be taken care of but once uh, the money's all exhausted they yeah. uh, the, the, the the child's on to something else And fi-
1: I'm not sure if you can speak to this but it, there's really no legal recourse that someone can do once you give that power of attorney right
2: Well actually in fact there is a legal oh, there recourse is. there okay. is there is uh there's first the fra- the fraudulent conveyance but once the money's gone and that particularly the uh, appointed attorney has disappeared Yeah uh, I believe that the biggest pitfall associated with any any uh, any of these instances is the sheer cost in not only a state litigation but litigating these types of scenarios. Yeah. Uh, you know criminal prosecution can be pursued but at the end of the day sometimes uh, specifically in instances where parents are appointing children hmm. it's more of a disappointment rather than a criminal pursuit. Yeah. So I think that the horror stories themselves that I've been exposed to, I can uh, I can come up with probably countless scenarios. But I believe the, the most uh, most important factor is the cost, and to litigate these matters um, is is a very onerous expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, it's uh, it's great for the lawyers. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, our pockets grow, but. It's not going necessarily where, where it should, which is to yeah. uh, the distribution under the estate.
1: Yeah, so you're really going to be further behind than as opposed
2: to ahead. Yeah, it yeah. could very well be so. Uh,
1: power of attorney is a powerful thing, and uh, it can be misused and abused, and seniors can be intimidated into appointing an abusive son or daughter as power of attorney. Let's talk about that intimidation factor or that, you know, son or daughter who is in the good books of a parent and how they can maybe coerce them to say, hey, I should be that person. Does that happen?
2: yeah so in terms of leveraging against any coercion, uh, when the instructions are taken, they're never taken over the phone. and we don't know whether or not there is any influence on the other side of a table. So we right. do have the client come to our office. if accessibility is an issue, we can accommodate attending at the senior's home hmm. uh, or anybody's home for that matter. Now, in terms of taking those instructions we we ensure that nobody else is in the room under those uh, under those pretenses that right. can influence any decision. Now the appointment of that attorney can also be revoked at any time. there is uh, there are procedures for uh, revoking those necessary attorneys. Mm-hmm. and to act in that capacity, in fact, what you have to have is the physical document itself together with uh, with um, a notarial certificate attached to it. So uh, some ways of leveraging against uh, any exposures associated with uh, fraud fraud or, mm-hmm. or um, uh, coercion. Uh, with distribution of assets, could be to just retain those physical documents and only release them in, in situations that are absolutely necessary.
1: Is there a time limit that you have to revoke that power of attorney no, privilege? No, there's not. So it's that's unlimited time. And I know today's topic is what every older Canadian should know, but, I mean, this really doesn't really have an age to it. That's right. I mean, everyone should know should Absolutely. Know
2: this. this is actually, estate planning should be something that's initiated as soon as possible, really, mm-hmm. once uh, accumulation of assets are are, uh, are assumed, uh, it should be distributed in accordance with your wishes. Now, absent any formal testament for that distribution, the Succession Law Reform Act is what dis- dictates its distribution, but specifically now speaking to the powers of attorney, uh, absent that election, the uh, the public trustee, public guardian, would have to take a step forward um, in the event that capacity is an issue in making those uh, necessary elections.
1: Right. We've talked about making um, uh, a son or daughter power of attorney. Can can you name a spouse power of, of attorney? You can. You okay. Can.
2: You can name anybody, really. There's no restrictions as long as that person's over the age of 18 mm-hmm. and, and can make those decisions. So uh, there's certainly no limitations on who you can elect. Yeah. Uh, the discussion that we have with the respective client is whether or not that person is the is the right person to
1: mm-hmm. does it have to be a Canadian citizen
2: not necessarily not necessarily so the election of the power of attorney is just granted to an individual that can make those decisions on your behalf if they're here now if they're not a Canadian citizen they are a foreign citizen Yeah. and a language is a barrier obviously that causes uh, a huge compromise sure. oh, yeah. uh, in terms of uh, taking those instructions if it ever has to be acted upon so as i said i think that the discussions are open ended in terms of who should and who shouldn't be elected based mm-hmm. on a number of different factors that that we would dissect uh, at any opportunity that we would have to meet the respective yeah. opponent
1: i was just thinking about all the chinese immigrants who are coming over to vancouver and buying up these properties oh, and yeah. might have power of attorney back back in china or or who knows well, that could be sure. tricky
0: that well, exactly but I, I think i think Chi- uh, the chinese people they are their second language is uh, english i think they do speak uh, English yeah uh, my, my interaction. Mo- 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 most of them yeah. are pretty good mo- most of them are pretty good, yeah um, but um, but um, yeah like I, we your interaction mostly with the, the Chinese people they speak English.
2: Yeah, they do speak English. They're also uh, very aggressive and very knowledgeable. They're they're certainly a pleasure to deal with, and I can see how, how their influence in the Canadian markets mm-hmm. can uh, cause an intimidating factor with yeah. our particular investments. It be fascinating to
1: be a fly on the wall in those types of meetings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, we talked about revoking that power of attorney uh, privilege. Can a senior citizen change his or her power of attorney? At any time. Any time. That so they don't time like time. how you're making breakfast that day. That's it. You're out. But, That's but, it. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> what happen? What happens if they have uh,
2: like Alzheimer's or dementia? Like they, dementia, can they can they still do it? No. Then? So once capacity is compromised, the ability to make those elections completely ceases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's important that again, with the pessimism in mind, it's important that those elections be taken uh, into consideration, and also that those considerations, depending on the factual circumstances, can change as relationships change. So estate yeah. planning is. Is an ever-evolving uh, form of planning uh, that people have to keep in
1: mind. Yeah, you you bring up a great point with you know dementia or Alzheimer's, um, and I I switched almost the other way in, in thinking about if the person who's granted power of attorney you know develops Alzheimer's disease, mm-hmm. can you change that power of attorney for them if the individual they've elected is is not acting on their best behalf?
2: Yeah, so I believe that the assessments that I would make in, in acting on a power of attorney is really to use my discretion as to whether or not that elected attorney is acting in the best interest yeah. of the deponent. So, uh, you know, you can kind of tell what those circumstances are. If if a power of attorney or an elected attorney was to dispose of his or her parents' mm-hmm. uh, asset and following its disposition asked the proceeds to be directed to pay off or, uh, you know, to consolidate a debt of his or her own, right. uh, that would be a... An immediate no. Uh, Sometimes, in fact, the distribution of the funds following uh, the sale of the asset are retained in my trust account until I have a level of comfort in knowing that they won't be used or misappropriated.
1: Good point. Uh, we are uh, speaking with uh, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the golfie team here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. And our special guest today, Phil Kutsov, Centennial Law Group Hamilton. He specializes in real estate and business law as well as estate planning. And our topic today what every older Canadian should know about power of attorney. Go to robgolfe.com, call him at 905 575 7700 on Twitter and Instagram at Rob golfie. You can check out the Rob Golfy facebook page as well the biggest transfer of wealth is happening now how true is that it is true and i think baby boomers
0: are probably the ones that love to spend money so they are inheriting uh, a fortune out there and um so uh, again um a lot of them are borrowing money and and everything else from their parents but there is a lot of money coming down the pipe and Mm -hmm. it is the biggest transfer of wealth. Uh, in the history of, uh, of, of I guess in the past two hundred years or yeah, whatever, yeah. but um, um, so that's the one thing you have to be careful. There's a lot of fighting going on with siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes um, uh, what happens is one uh, sibling is uh, taking care of the parent and there's or visiting the parent a lot more, and they may even coerce the the parent to change their will. Yeah, and uh, you know, and they kind of. Uh, possibly brainwash their parents. Hey, listen, you know, you know, junior there is not coming to visit you. You know, even <laughs> and uh, I'm sure so, it happens. Yeah, oh, it, it definitely does. I, I know uh, a couple of stories where um, you know the sibling, one sibling is uh, is uh, you know visiting the the parent more, and they uh, for some reason I don't know why, but uh, they're changing, they're having the parent change the will, mm-hmm. and uh, so and and it's easy because they see that one sibling more and they it's funny though I mean they, they you know they, they've been family for like 80 years and all of a sudden at the end it's like Anna Nicole Smith marries uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that wealthy billionaire yeah, right yeah. so I mean how come she gets everything and meanwhile the whole family's been yeah. around for 80 years and all of a sudden she's only been in this, in this guy's life for like three years, mm-hmm. and she's apparently inheriting a billion dollars, and so it, it just it, there should be some uh, you know law about that, and I'm and I'm sure with that case. Uh, I think the family contested that will yeah. and, and, and I'm sure there was uh, adjustments made to that uh, but but you Phil, you must see wills being changed all the time yeah, at the end
2: they are changed quite often um, also you you see quite consistently in in the administration of estates that once you once you start in the administration process that a great deal of the assets have already been liquidated and gifts have been made in contemplation of death mm. Now, those gifts in contemplation of death do have a Latin maxim called Donatio Mortis Causa, which is a Latin maxim that says, in effect, that the gift in contemplation of death can be revoked and distributed back to the estate. Right. Uh, oftentimes, is the influential factor of a child saying to their parent, you know, sign over this to me and that to her, and to the exclusion of him or her. So, right. 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 Uh, there is there are amendments to estates that are, that are done with with sincere intentions, and again. There are limitless possibilities as to what those may be, and and really, it's it's a determining factor as to uh, what the designated legal representative would think uh, is in the best interest of the estate, taking all factors into consideration. But at the end of the day, your instructions come from the client. If they're insistent on something, there's really nothing you can do about it.
1: In saying that, I mean, when a power of attorney is changed or a will is altered, are, are there? I'm not sure if they're red flags, but do you have to question
2: why? I always question why, yeah. um, and you know whatever that reason is, I have no reason to dispute it. So right. sometimes they, uh, you know, they, the the very simple answer to why is why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh So
1: <laughs> and then <you're> like okay, <laughs> okay. <you know. laughs> I mean, what do you do? Uh,
2: so you know, I make my own uh, inquiries as to whether or not the intentions are sincere. Yeah. I, I make sure that there is no coercion, or at least I ask whether or not there is. I take my own notes to put them in the file to right. substantiate that in the event that there is a conflict. Uh, but uh, really I would I would suggest that in those planning purposes the the attorneys do have to be notified of their election because Mm -hmm. in the event that it's required they have to know where to access that particular document but in the estate of uh, in the event of an estate planning initiative through a last will and testament nobody really has to know what's in there until until the death of the deponent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know when that envelopes open and read in the room that's that's really when the final determination decision is made so If uh, if influence is a factor, just keep that influential factor out of the scenario when somebody like myself or any other uh, licensed lawyer uh, comes to either visit you or you come visit them, uh, and then those decisions can be made candidly.
1: Are people uh, nowadays changing their wills more often as I in say compared to past often. years?
2: No. Way. Yeah, no. yeah th- I would say that the changes now are more so with the inclusion <laughs> of grandchildren. Okay. Uh, in the event of, of older deponents, mm-hmm. younger deponents, it's the inclusion of children. Right. Uh, you know, a spouse comes and leaves, and a new person comes into the life. So it's yeah. a variety of factors. Yeah. We just. I just
0: had one call yesterday,
2: um, where
0: the stepdaughter. Um, so the so the, uh, the, there was a couple. So obviously there was a, it was a second marriage, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually died the day after he signed. An, an agreement of purchase and sale wow. a firm deal, so now um I'm not sure what the daughter was looking for. We couldn't divulge any information to her. Right. she wanted to know like what day was this agreement done and what day it was closed I'd go well if, if if it's your family you you would probably know everything and the deal's already closed and everything, and uh, so we know there's obviously a dispute with the will and and the and uh, the division of the property because mm-hmm. the one spouse died first then the second one died and so now where does the the money go to what, what right. will did the first one you know have there's a you know now because of split families there's a lot of uh problems out there that's happening with that yeah. and sometimes they'll, they'll say if, if, if the one spouse passes away the second spouse can stay in the house uh, until they pass away, then then the division of, of money is separated between the um, the children. They can't even sell the property. If they do sell the property, um, they, it has to be divided depending on on the will. And and Phil, do, do you see a lot of that
2: at all? Yeah. So I've uh, what you're describing there, Rob, is called the life interest, and you can make that life interest uh, election. Um, so I, I see, I see a variety of everything. Really, in fact, in terms of of making amendments to wills, I see them happening uh, less often than they should, hmm. uh, rather than more often than they yeah. Should. Um, but uh, but really, those those elections and, and the point that you're trying to make, Rob, can you explain that again?
0: No, where where um, when when the first spouse dies, okay. passes away, in yeah. that first spouse will say uh, that the the other spouse can stay in the house. That's right. and uh, and until they die and
2: then that's when it goes to the estate that's right that's the maintenance of the life interest there yeah Uh, important however is knowing that in the event that a will is absent in those particular instances the estate is only entitled to what's called a preferential share under the estate distribution prior to it being then divulged to uh, the children now certain familial situations uh, you know I can speak on my own behalf if there was no will of my parents I'm sure my sister and I would not dispute its uh, its disposition to the surviving parent before we sit there and, and right. ask for any shares. But that's not necessarily the case. Uh, sometimes people don't concede in that same fashion. When you're passing the application for the probate, uh, they have to make those consents. So it's important to have those initiatives. Mm It really is. All
1: right, another time out here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. When we come back, more of our discussion on why every older, what every older Canadian should know about power of attorney. You're listening to Hamilton's News Talk leader, AM 900 CHML. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call him today at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram, at Rob Golfe. He also has a Facebook page. Just type in Rob Golfie in that search command. Phil Kutza also with us today from Centennial Law Group in Hamilton. He specializes in real estate and business law as well as estate planning. Today Topic: What every older Canadian should know about the power of attorney. Um, and Phil, you made a statement earlier on that um, you know not as many Canadians are revisiting their will. How often should we be doing that?
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any specific timelines associated with any revis- revisitation of any document. I do believe that it's completely dependent on the circumstances that that right. uh, that are before the particular individual. So, like I said, um, you know, it depends on on. On changes to lifestyle, it depends on on changes to relationships. Mm-hmm. It certainly, depends on relocations as well. Yeah, you know, if you make those same elections, um, the the estate has to be passed uh, and probated in the jurisdiction of the death of the deponent. You know, if your elected exe- executors at one point lived somewhere that's not necessarily as accessible, and they're not uh, also necessarily as cognizant to the time sensitivities as others mm-hmm. it could lead to to various types of disputes
1: and obviously those major life occurrences you're gonna you're gonna well you at least you should have another look at the will you know buying a home or you know another you know property having kids r- getting married or remarried right, All right that yeah, stuff.
0: of course I had um, uh, I had a will made when I had my first child now I had three more after that. Mm-hmm. Should I guess I should update that will? Because it's always c- good
2: to update. It, but yeah,
0: we'll, now, now because the, the other three weren't in line, does that change anything with uh, with with the other three, or does the first one all of a sudden,
2: you know, he's the winner? Jackpot! <laughs> <laughs> <Check> Jackpot! <laughs> yeah, I think in those circumstances, <laughs> there there would be a successful application brought by the three absent children in the event mm. the right, one who right. was elected. Was to say that my intention was to be the only uh, the only beneficiary under the estate. So, you know, in those circumstances, it's really a matter of witness testimony, let's call it. So, uh, you know, I for one, knowing Rob and his familial relationships, could could say that everyone's is fantastic, not only with right. each other but with everybody in, yeah. in the family dynamic. Uh, so, in the event that there is an absent election. And you would look at it from a timing perspective. Well, the first estate was passed in 1984, and mm. you know, children came into the picture in '92, '93, and '94, and now it's right. 2016. Yeah, uh, it was just absent-mindedness more than anything. Um, now, certain other circumstances are the uh, complete disassociation of one person from the deponent. So, and it's through uh, or as a result of of not maintaining relationships or a hostile type of c- scenario, right? Uh, where you know a parent-child or a brother and sister have completely disassociated themselves because of a, a critical argument of some sort. You mm-hmm. can use your imagination as to what that may or may not be. Um, but in in those circumstances, there are ways to circumvent it, providing, of course, everyone is cooperative. When the when, the, when the cooperation is not there,
1: yeah.
2: uh, the only uh, forum that is available to make that final determination would be would be the superior court.
1: Yeah. So would that be a? F- would the first kind of hurdle, I guess, would be a family court judge? Is that like the basic kind of first challenge, so to speak?
2: No, it wouldn't be a family court judge. Okay. So it would be the estate division. It would be oh, estate okay. litigation matters. So right,
1: it's civil court. How and this just popped in my head? How does uh, adopted kids play into the scenario?
2: Yeah. So adoptive children uh, would would play into the scenario just as equally as, as uh, bloodline children, mm-hmm. so long as, again, their their elections are made. Right? Right, right. So it would be important to take those factual considerations into place as well.
0: So the one thing is, now, let's say if one child uh, w- borrowed money from uh, the parents, and the parents passed away, and they had something written down mm-hmm. saying, you know, uh, David Jr. Uh, yeah. borrowed uh, $50,000 from me and had it, Tucked away in some yep. box it at home. Now, would that actually? Uh, could, I guess the estate could say, "Listen, uh, you're getting fifty thousand less from your estate because it shows here you owed money to the parents, right?" Well,
2: it's not as it's not necessarily as simple as that uh-huh. either. There are certain limitation uh, restrictions that are involved in the acknowledgement of a debt. Mm. Uh, An example is a loan given from person A to person B under, let's just say, a simple instrument like a promissory note that's due on demand. Uh, The case law that's present suggests that the limitation period expires after the second anniversary of the demand date, which could, in theory, be the day after the loan is granted. Right. Alternatively, the uh, limitation periods extending to those types of instruments would be two years from the due date. So if we're playing on a date scenario that didn't have Mm -hmm.
0: one named... Mm -hmm.
2: Um, You know, it could, in theory, be contested.
0: Because I had a family, right? So so I had two siblings. One is looking for this note (laughs) (laughs) so they can get, you know, that deducted from the estate. (laughs) And then the other sibling (laughs) looking for the note so they can get rid of it. (laughs) Uh. So it was like two CSI groups are are like... Going through every single item in this house to make, and one's trying to make sure that they it's get their yeah, share, the one and the other one's want trying to, be to wow. trying to get rid of it.
1: Now, what if there's no note? So you know, uh, a parent has loaned money to a child. Uh, whatever the amount is and and there's no note how does
2: that get well it depends on whether or not it was recognized as a gift a gift in contemplation of death or something to evidence it being alone right I'm fortunate enough to say that in my administrative uh, career from an estate planning perspective and in the administration of estates I'm fortunate to say that I've I've never really been presented with a situation that has become uh, very tenuous Mm. and I think that Uh, that's a direct result of having the open discussions and the proper initiatives in place at the right times and you know my client base has been very supportive they've also taken those factual considerations especially when i tell them to keep those things in mind Uh, now that's not to say in the early stages of my career that that's that's not going to change going forward Uh, certainly horror stories are are out there I, i have been involved in a couple not all that many, but when they do happen, they're, they're quite critical. Yeah.
1: All right, one more break and we'll be back. Some final thoughts from Rob and Phil. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home,
0: where my thoughts are escaping. Home,
1: where my music's playing. Home, where my love lies waiting silently. One last go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Zamprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team, as well as Phil Kutza of Centennial Law Group in Hamilton. He specializes in real estate and business law as well as estate planning. Our topic today, what every older Canadian should know about power of attorney. Contact Rob today, robgolfie.com, 905-575-7700. Again, 905-575-770 at Rob robgolfie on twitter and instagram check out the rob Golfe facebook page as well and rob there's help for seniors out there as well
0: there is there is a seniors hotline for uh... seniors being uh... abused by uh... family or friends please uh... It, it, we'll we're, we'll have that number we're gonna post that number up on our website okay and also uh... you can call our office we're gonna make sure our administrative staff will have that at hand so if you need to call us um believe me, uh, there's a lot of it out there and I'm sure the seniors that uh, feel that in their heart but are afraid to mention it hmm. there's ways that uh, that uh, th- this can be uh, taken care of uh definitely so don't hesitate to call us. Um, you know we want to make sure that uh, you're not going your last year's uh, of your life you don't want to be broke.
1: And basically, if someone calls that line, you're going to have someone on staff to say, hey, this is the avenue you can take. That's right, Right? yeah. It's a seniors hotline, and uh, I I was looking at it
0: this morning, but we'll have that uh, on our website, and also you can call us anytime, and uh, we'll give you the number, no problem.
1: And I would assume that uh, most of the time you're recommending they go see Phil. (laughs) <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Mm-hmm. Phil, you know what? We only affiliate ourselves with very reputable people, yeah. honest people, and, uh, and Centennial Law, uh, we love dealing with them because uh, we've had a long-lasting relationship, and th- it's been nothing but good mm-hmm. things that uh, that our clients uh, that have said about uh, Centennial
2: Law, so yeah. we're really happy that, to be affiliated with them.
1: Cool. Phil, a plug for your team. Yeah, and
2: likewise for ourselves, we can say that our success is derived by having positive associations and relationships with people, such as. Uh, Rob's team and having that continual support which is a recognition of our ongoing success mm-hmm. uh, as well as commitments that we make not only to our, our staff but also our client base. Now in speaking to our staff, we actually, uh, Centennial Law Group is a, a full service firm. We do have two separate locations. One is in downtown Hamilton, the second is in Stony Creek. Uh, I have a great team of of, of lawyers that, uh, that are behind us. We have Mike Lupino who is my uh, associate at the office who does have the same practice areas that I do, so we work uh we work great together. I have my uh, my partner, Jerry Folletta, who practices out of our downtown Hamilton office, specializes in civil litigation primarily in personal injury. Hmm. Uh we have a paralegal on staff, which is Nilo Garbar. Uh Nilo does have an extensive landlord and tenant uh book of business, which is his area of specialization together with small claims court representation, other provincial offenses matters. Uh, so certainly, uh, we're not restricted to just estate planning. If there's anything out there that everyone anyone needs assistance on, if we're not capable or uh, fit to represent that particular area, because maybe for uh, an example, it's level of complexity, right. we have certainly surrounded ourselves with the appropriate professionals to make those those designations yeah. and referrals.
1: So it's really it's a full service team. Full service team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and are you guys busy? In in estate planning, is this a busy time? We're, we're seeing you know properties change hands like crazy, especially in this city.
2: Yeah, I think we're busy all the time. Yeah, uh, and we're fortunate to say that. So where where one area of practice, uh, you know, I don't want to say suffers, but you know, because of the economic dynamics, mm-hmm. another one picks up. So right. you know, I'm fortunate to say. Uh, In counting my blessings that that we've been uh, we've been very successful in our practical aspect and we hope to continue that success in the future
1: and rob you want to give another high five to the men and women on your uh, team as well
0: yes uh... uh... again uh... last uh... month may was a record month um, we're up 11% from last year with sales. Wow. uh Not just us, but the, actually the real estate board. And, and it doesn't look like there's an end in sight. Uh, so um, our team has been uh, been very good with uh, dealing with our clients. Our clients are very happy. Um, so if you're thinking of buying or selling, please don't hesitate to call us. I know you won't uh, be, uh, regret it. Uh, we've got a great service team. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys. And I appreciate you guys uh, listening.
1: Thinking of buying and selling a home? Call Rob Golfie today, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. On social media, Twitter and Instagram. Check him out at at Rob Golfie and the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. Rob, Phil, thanks for coming in. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. All right, and thank you for listening uh, on uh, another edition of Hamilton Real Estate Show here on AM 900 CHML. We're back next Saturday at 9 o'clock on Hamilton's News Talk Leader, AM 900 CHML.